The COVID-19 pandemic saw providers scrambling to put telehealth solutions in place quickly, and the result was pretty predictable. The rushed, duct tape and bailing wire solutions performed well enough to provide episodic care when there simply was no alternative. But now that they've had a year of intensive experience under their belts, things are looking very different. Welcome to The Source from the ATA, conversations about telehealth and virtual care from the thought leaders, experts, and visionaries who are working to change the way the world thinks about healthcare. I'm your host, Greg Matthews, and our guest today is Dan Olson, Senior Vice President and General Manager for Provider and Payer Solutions at Amwell. Join Dan and I as we talk about the future of enterprise virtual care solutions. Dan Olson, thanks so much for being with us on The Source today. Greg, I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, thanks so much for uh, having me. Look forward to the discussion. Absolutely. We're going to be diving into your perspective uh, on telehealth and where it's been, where it's going. But before we do that, I'd love to give our listeners a little bit of a sense of who you are and where you came from, how you happen to be sitting where you are at Amwell. Can you give us uh, a little bit of background? Sure. Uh, So I've been fortunate to be in healthcare for 25 years. First half of the career spent uh, in life sciences, medical device, worked for large, medium, and small companies along that journey. But for the last decade, I've been uh, really focused on technology. I'd spent five years at Cisco Systems and now six years at Amwell. And uh, it has been incredible to uh, see the growth and uh, development of telehealth, virtual care, digital strategies. And I think even exponentially over the last you know, 12 to 16 months, it's been unprecedented. You know, you've been at Amwell for five years, is it? Six years. Six years. Okay. So just give me a little bit, uh, you know, based on that time, tell me about what you saw, what you expected, you know, for the first five. And tell me a little bit about what's happened in the last year. Yeah, boy, what a paradigm. Um, you know, when I started at Amwell, I I think we had about 10, maybe 15 health systems that we worked Over the span of the six years, we're now, you know, 150, 160 health systems. So uh, the growth has been exponential. You know, also growth in other verticals like uh, the payer market has been, you know, significantly growing. And uh, we acquired, you know, a company uh, focused on behavioral health. So, you know, Amwell as a company, we've we've really always focused on you know our customer. Uh, we kind of thrive with our uh, mission and vision statement of one team, customer first, deliver awesome. And um, we've always been putting our customers first. And uh, I would say ten years ago when I started in this space, uh, this was a an idea, an interesting concept. And today, it's a strategic imperative of everybody that we talk to. It's so interesting because you referenced the explosive growth. Obviously, the pandemic changed everything as it relates to telehealth and virtual care. Tell me a little bit about how Amwell responded to that and how you saw you know, providers responding to that, people who didn't have a relationship with an Amwell before. What did they wind up doing over the last year? You know, it was... Uh... Clearly, nothing we could ever predict, and I think you know the world's changed uh, significantly. But you know, through the lens of uh, telehealth and virtual care, um, it was anxious times, and it was uh, you know we 
we certainly um, wanted to be side by side with our, our current customers and uh, those that you know, maybe didn't have a need or assistant yet, but overnight they needed something. So, you know, we saw, you know, we saw the, the need and we, you know, wanted to be uh, there to meet it. But I would say that, you know, telemedicine and telehealth were trending in the right direction, but it was explosive, uh, you know, thousands of percent uh, growth over uh, what we had experienced, um, you know, prior to, uh, March of 2020, but you know, our, our systems were pressure tested just like everybody else uh, because of that. And from a provider perspective, you had a lot of providers that were sidelined, uh, weren't able to you know, go into their practice. Uh, so like everybody else, we're working from home and that wasn't something that they had been accustomed to. So to try and turn on a technology solution uh, virtually and uh, really not uh, have a you know, a full opportunity to implement and train and plan, uh, you know, that forced a lot of people to, you know, adopt uh, quickly. And uh, I would say that they, you know, the providers are the heroes at the end of the day. They really uh, pivoted uh, incredibly. And, you know, I, I think with all that exposure, uh, many really liked it. I think you still will have some skeptics that, uh, you know, now that uh, things are, uh, getting some normalcy, they may not ever do it again, but uh, I think the vast majority had a really, really positive experience and saw the benefits and the value that a, a technology solution can bring uh, and really, you know, be a hybrid approach to uh, medicine, which I think is so needed, both from an access uh, quality and uh, even cost perspective. So clearly... For those people that did not already have a virtual care platform in place, you know, there was a lot of duct tape and bailing wire and MacGyvering a solution together because they had to, right? It was a matter yep. of survival. But after a year, it's probably not so much a matter of survival anymore, but you talk, you use the word strategic imperative. Tell me a little bit about how providers changing, uh, thinking has evolved uh, you know, from the, we got to get something in place today to, gee, we actually need a longer term vision around this. You know, I, I think because of the exposure and experience they had, uh, they're very influential in the selection uh, mm. and buying process of the solution that uh, they want their uh, enterprise to have. So I think providers, you know, no doubt there's lands of disparate technologies in, in a lot of our in a lot of the enterprises across the country. But you know, in an environment like that, uh, you know, it becomes difficult to scale, it becomes difficult to manage. But I also think you want to have consistency in the experience for the provider, consistency and mm -hmm. experience for the patients, uh, so that you know they obviously uh, you had explosive growth of demographics being acclimated to telehealth and telemedicine, but also you got to think of the teams that support them, uh, whether that's telehealth leaders, directors, um, but also the IT teams that have to uh, support technology. So I think there's a great opportunity to, you know, select partners that can provide an enterprise solution, whether you want to meet the patient in a home or meet them in a hospital bed. Uh, or meet them in a clinic or talk to another provider, 
I think you want that experience to be consistent and obviously, you know, be a delightful, reliable and secure experience. So let's talk about that. How is it at an enterprise level that people are thinking about that consistency? What are the, what are some of the things that would go into that? I mean, anybody, and I'm being hyperbolic here, but anybody can do a a video visit, right? But that's completely different than an end-to-end experience. What are some of the components that go into that bigger end-to-end experience? Yeah, there's a lot of things that go into it. I mean, obviously the video at the end of the day is what uh, a lot of people see and experience, but the scheduling, the the ability, the workflow, you're taking a workflow that may be good for face-to-face, but may need to be tweaked uh, when you experience that workflow. Patient education tools and resources, peripheral devices where you might want to incorporate a device to be able to capture different data elements and data points. Uh, The electronic records uh, so that you can document. Uh, So there's a lot of different things that need to go into uh, security uh, is another aspect. A lot of the solutions that uh, providers may have picked, you know, early on in the pandemic. Regulations may have, you know, allowed for that, but as we get back to a different environment, uh, you would want to ensure the security of uh, that interaction uh, and the security within your enterprise. So there's a lot of different elements that need to be thought through. Um, that uh, you know, as you're looking to scale a solution, those would be things that uh, should strongly be considered. You know, if what you're describing, it makes a ton of sense for the, the big payer, the big health system, the hospital that has a VP of telehealth that's well-versed in the industry. But what if, I'm a, what if I'm a smaller hospital or a smaller system that may not have access to those resources? How, how do I go about thinking through a platform solution as opposed to just a, you know, uh, visit-to-visit uh, scenario? Yeah, I think that was one of the exciting things that we experienced as we saw, whether it was a large academic medical center or a regional system or a family practice clinic or different size of health plans, everybody really was looking for a solution. And I I think as partners in the telemedicine space, we need to make solutions that can scale uh, no matter your size. I still think those same features are important and need to be considered, but we also need, need when I say we, as partners of the industry and with providers, um, we need to make it really simple so that people can digest and consume and use uh, solutions that you know, may not require you know, a, a huge staff uh, or may not uh, you know, have all these different resources because we, we have to be real that uh, they don't exist in all the places that want to participate and provide this type of service. As Amwell, obviously you're a company that has really had an opportunity to grow up in telemedicine and in virtual care. How has your business evolved? You, know, you talked about the addition through acquisition of a, a, a specifically mental health offering, but how about some of those more business-related services, the integrations with EMRs. How's that all changed? You know, especially in the in the time that you've been there. Yeah, you know, I, I would say uh, it's changed a lot, and I think it's changed a lot because we've listened well uh, to customers. But um, you know, the days of you know the urgent care on demand 
you know, we're, we're really not looking to be in the business of selling inexpensive provider visits, uh, although we still will, and we still will make that available. At the end of the day, we want our customers and their providers to offer their services virtually. So we're a technology platform at heart uh, that wants to turn the services of our customers on and make them available, accessible, and create that hybrid type of care that uh, so many are looking to do. So I would say that's the you know the thing at AMO that we're really working towards is to give our customers the opportunity to pick and choose what services they want to leverage and which providers they want to use, but we'll be there and supplement if clinical services are needed, but it's really at the forefront customers' uh, services that we want to pronounce and have uh, available to their members, their patients, uh, and the ecosystem they're throughout. That's interesting. And I, just to be clear, I think what I hear you saying is that you know, there are plenty of telemedicine companies that will come in and say, all right, when you buy our when you buy our solution, it includes the clinicians. There are some that are completely agnostic and say, this is a platform, but no clinicians. I think what I hear you saying is that you really can go, whatever whatever gray area in between there makes sense to your customer, yeah? That, that's exactly right. And we do have a, we have an excellent, you know, medical group, uh, the Ammo Medical Group has uh, provided excellent high quality care. But at the end of the day, we will be available when our customers need us. And listen, if you wanna provide a service 24 hours a day, you may not be able to get uh, a provider uh, in your own environment. And that's where we could be available. Or we have behavioral health, you know, psychiatrists uh, and therapists that are available. And if you don't have that uh, capacity, we can certainly supplement. But what we saw, you know, the pandemic really exposed, and I would say even prior to, is specialty services, uh, whether it's neurology, nephrology, cardiology. Those are amazing services that many of our customers really excel at. And those are the services that we want to be able to turn on uh, to the rest of the, you know, their catchment area and the rest of the world. And that's what we're setting out to do is, you know, as a technology platform, we do have a clinical service we can provide, but there's a lot of terrific programs out there that uh, we believe um, should be available both face-to-face -face and virtual. And that's who we're working with. To turn. So I'm going to ask you an unfair question in which I'm going to ask you to generalize an impossible circumstance. So given that setup, let me, let me throw this at you. One of the things I'm really curious about post-pandemic is that, you know, we saw everything, well, not everything, but a whole bunch of things move to virtual that maybe we didn't think we're going to, or at least not as quickly. Yeah. Are, do you see among your, whether they're the payer or your, your hospital and health system or, or medical practice customers, do you see any of them rethinking, gee, do we really need to do as much in the office as we do? Should we be doing more virtually? Do you see that becoming a part of the core strategy, knowing how much capital is thrown into, you know, medical offices and hospital space and medical equipment and all of those things? I, I just, I'm curious what you're hearing from your customers out there relative to that ratio and the handoff between live and virtual care. Yeah, absolutely. That discussion is taking place and it's, uh, you know, it's a healthy discussion, uh, but it is strategic. 
What I think uh, over the last 14, 16 months really showed is you can actually enhance relationships with you know, your members and your patients, more frequent touch points, making more services accessible and available. Again, we're not here to compete. We're here to uh, as appropriate, but we're having a lot of conversations where many of our customers are planning you know, 20, 25, 30% of the uh, experiences that they have with their patients or more will be done digitally or will be done virtually. And I think they're finding that it's high quality. So you know, you're, not, uh, you're, you're not giving much by offering a service uh, virtually um, if it's appropriate. But I also think that they're realizing that the member and the patient really like it. And if the member or the patient can you know, stay at an office or stay at home on a couch or you know, can be in places where they don't have to go into an office, you know, I, I think offering those types of services is really important. And I think, you know, health systems and health plans have become really adept at listening to their members and patients. And as a result, I think they'll hear quite loudly that they did like virtual and it's uh, something that they should be offering uh, more frequently. Excellent. And as we close out here, we I could do this for hours, but unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap it up. And I'd love to wrap it up really thinking, looking to the future. And I'm not going to yep. ask you to forecast 20 years in the future, but over the next 12 to 18 months, let's call it, as we sort of return to a new normal, what are some things that you expect to see that may look a little different than they've looked, whether that's from the reimbursement environment, the relationship between payer and provider as it relates to virtual care, you know, the inclusion of more of that virtual care component, you know, related to, uh, you know, remote patient monitoring. Tell me about some of the things that you think we're going to see uh, in the immediate future here. You know, it's such an exciting time. Um, and I, I do think you're going to see continued momentum in the marketplace. Uh, we at Amwell are building, you know, and soon to be releasing uh, a platform we're calling Converge, which is taking, you know, some of the disparate uh, technologies that uh, over the years have been built, um, but we're bringing hospital, home, uh, you know, provider to provider solutions all into one. We're converging uh, into that enterprise solution. But, you know, I, I think the thing that you're going to continue to see is, you know, Adoption of new use cases, uh, you know, specialty services that you may or may not have thought could have been done virtually. I think you'll see more of. I do think you're going to see health systems and health plans collaborate more. And I think that's one of the exciting things for Amwell is, you know, if you look at the ecosystem of partners that we have, uh, we've got an incredible group of health system customers. We've got an incredible group of health plan customers. And a lot of them want to work together. And, you know, and I think that's the next frontier of, you know, we don't need to draw lines. We can offer services in a lot more areas. We can cover services uh, in a lot more ways. Uh, and at the end of the day, I think the big beneficiaries are going to be the patients and members uh, who will get exposed to a lot of incredible things. But I also think the providers are going to be benefiting a lot as well because you have a lot of providers that also found that they can be in more places uh, virtually than they were 
uh, instead of the windshield time or you know, having to go into an office that they can provide really incredible services and results from a lot of different locations. And uh, I think that's just a whole new world that uh, in Frontier that we're working with. I was just going to say what you described sounds very much like a win-win type scenario, but certainly with the patients being the leaders there. And it's fantastic to think about the virtual care platform being the sort of the glue that holds those players together around the patient. Um, and I think that's, that's an exciting place for us to jump off. So Dan, thank you so much for being with us today on The Source. This has been a wonderful conversation. We're going to post links to uh, Amwell and to you personally in our show notes. Uh, so listeners, if you're interested in getting in touch with Dan and his team, you'll be able to find information there. But until next time, Dan, thanks so much for being a guest on The Source. Greg, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.